0: coming. Pass is picked
1: off. He's going to go looking again. And it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore. Down on the right sideline.
2: Into the end zone and he's picked off. Back the other way.
0: (laughs) We will be getting on a bus tomorrow and bussing 14 hours. Oh my god! Down to uh, Mississippi to play Millsaps, which is in Jackson, Mississippi.
1: I mean, it's a glamorous wow. life, isn't it, as a coach in uh, in NCAA football? Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you like seven hours on a bus tomorrow, and then a night in a hotel, and then seven more hours. The, the worst thing is, like, you know, the game ends at like you know four o'clock on Saturday, and you're right back on the bus, you know. It's worse than the old Abbot trips. Like you, <laughs> I was going to say we
3: did going down to Plymouth and stuff like that.
1: Was, yeah. Have you uh, got I'll like a, a have you got a sherry challenge planned for any of the rookies for the way back or anything like that? Once you cross the state border, you've got to finish it to, <laughs> the bottle once you get back to the university. <laughs>
0: Kind of, kind of frowned upon when the league,
1: the league. Uh, like, You're not going to come on oh, here and gamble. You're not going to get God. them getting drink, uh, getting um, they drunk sound on like the proper bus. athletes. Ollie. this is weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. so, I'm so boring now. <laughs> uh, look, let's dive into it. Rich Wurzel joining us here on the Return the Picks podcast. Rich, of course, is now the offensive coordinator of UW Oshkosh football.
0: Is Oshkosh right? Yeah, no, exactly right. Yeah,
1: that sounds like a, a Hobkosh. Was it? The like it's just made up, kind of. Oh, that's complete hogwash. There we go, Oshkosh and hogwash.
0: <laughs> A Native American uh, chief, I believe, Chief Oshkosh. Oh, okay. Uh, we're uh, yeah, part of Good the. Good start, American Ollie. Just yeah, really start awesome.
2: to be, yeah, completely great. insensitive. Well done, Ollie. <laughs> so yeah, well, I, saw, I saw to
0: come through now.
1: I saw Titans. So I was like, oh, the, the Titans, right? That's awesome. Remember the Titans. I can get down with that. That's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone loves the Titans, right?
1: Uh, Well, maybe not Titans fans after they bottled it against the Giants this week. But, you know, we can come on to that later, I guess. That was a rough start. (laughs) Now, Rich, just quickly, just to give a bit of uh, background, Rich played at Aberystwyth playing American football. That's kind of where, I guess, you could say the, the American football journey started. But it was last November that you had what I would say is one of the greatest moments in British American football, becoming the uh, tight ends coach, assistant coach uh, for an NCAA Div 1 team, Akron, becoming the first British coach of a NCAA Div 1 team. I mean, we spoke that week, I think it was, or round about that time when we uh, we had a chat on TalkSport. Is that kind of, obviously you've had 12 months almost for that to sink in, but that's um, that's still a pretty cool moniker to, uh, to add next to your Twitter handle or something.
0: Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, Hectic week getting ready for that game, but uh, the moment was certainly not lost to me. I I had my great Britain uh, shirt underneath my uh, Akron stuff just to kind of represent back home. And uh, I've become very aware the last few years that sometimes you you do things. It's the world of social media, right? You do something and, and like you see it gets likes and interactions but then there's a whole bunch of people that see these things and then they, you meet them in real life and they, that was freaking cool. And that was, that meant a lot to, to a lot of different people. And uh, so when I came back in the summer and got to do the British coaches convention, I mean, it was, I didn't realize how big of a deal it was for coaches across Britain to see a British born and raised coach doing that. Like the, Hey, you know, if that's your dream as an 18 year old or, you're in college and you're coaching at ABBA and you're like, man, I want to do this on the, on the TV. Someone's done that. Like it's possible for people now. So it was uh kind of, yeah, I, I don't think I quite realized that even at the point in the gravity of what it was.
2: And now you spoke about this before, but sorry, Ollie, how did you get into that? So how, what was the, that was the path
0: to get there? So I, 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 I loved football before I went to ABBA. And and all my uni choices in England and Wales were based on who had college programs. So all the schools I applied to had, had football. And when I visited ABBA on the back of the newspaper, it's talked about how they just went to the national championship game the week before. And I was like, Oh, so they're pretty good. This will be, (laughs) this will be a good place to go to. So I go there and, and, uh, play for a couple of years and Hey, you want to be a coach? And I'm like, all right. So I become a coach and, uh, and just, you know, it's an addictive sport. Like the strategy, the teaching players, the game, the subtleties, the, the everything that goes into it. The game planning, preparation, which is what we're doing right now. And um, and so I, when I graduated from Aber, I was like working for an investment company, and and I was like, I don't know if I want to sit at this desk for the next forty years. Like I I, I love it when I'm talking football in the evenings, like with my mates, and we're drawing up plays and we're coaching teams and and so i just started applying for jobs and i got one here in wisconsin um, at a small school called lakeland which is just over an hour from where i am now did two years there i thought i'll come and do this if it worst case i leave and go back to england in two years with a master's degree great so i'm a young buck you know i make four thousand dollars in a year so you don't have very much money you're pretty much living like as you know, all those stories you hear about young coaches when they have no money. That was me just eating whatever you could find and, uh, and sleeping if you could, um, did that for a couple of years. Then, then went to another school, got promoted, went to another school, met Laura, who's now my wife, went to California for eight years, uh, left California for Akron, did three years there, Div one, and then now to, uh, to Oshkosh. So it's, kind of been wisconsin to illinois to another illinois to california to ohio to wisconsin it's wow. i'm still in tourist mode getting to check out the whole country <laughs> like yeah all right what's this state got all right we got disney world or disneyland let's go like <laughs> well
1: well that i'm pretty sure there isn't a disneyland ohio I, I, you can mark that one down off coming map, soon right. <laughs> 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 there'll be the there'll um, be the lebron james museum you can check out in a few years time and stuff like that but uh it's, pretty yeah, much a higher state football and that's about it isn't it i mean this is you're in an area right now where university football is king
0: mhm no it's i mean this league we're in is 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 different um really well supported really well recognized throughout the state it's probably the 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 toughest the best division 3 league in, out there like you know we're a school of 15,000 we got a 10,000 seat stadium we're, we're not a typical kind of small school um you know we're going to play some games we got a lot of people in the stands and a lot of people paying attention and and uh, people are really passionate about it um and then obviously as a part of the uw system that the school that everyone's heard of is is uw madison which goes by wisconsin on the division one level so um you kind of have the the big schools you have you know the schools that, that play smaller school like us but it's uh i mean it, it's an awesome league it's people are so serious and passionate about it and the players are as well that it it just feels really cool
1: I mean this is a genuine question of can you see in your future an opportunity back as uh, um, perhaps an OC at a Div 1 school or even uh, you know an opportunity dare I say in the NFL at some point is that something that you see considering where you've started from and where you've got to there must be a thing of like, well, I can break through all of these barriers at this point. There's no glass ceiling that you can see that you can't smash through at some point.
0: Yeah. No, I, and and for me, it's like, I think I am aware of like, Hey, I'm a Brit doing this, but I don't approach myself as like, okay, what has a Brit never done before? Let's try and do that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I would love to go back and coach division one football and, and be a coordinator at that level. I'd love to coach in the NFL, like to coach anyone who coaches in any sport is going to want to coach at the absolute pinnacle of that sport. Um, yeah. and for me, if there's ever an opportunity to do that, I'm going to jump on it because I want to be with the best players competing against the best players with the best coaches, you know, and just see how good I, I can develop to be. So, um, I, I would absolutely love that. It would It would be awesome. And I think it would be it probably would be uh, a good moment for people back home as well
1: yeah if you get free tickets definitely it'd be a great great moment for <laughs> us yeah ollie will be calling you up every week
0: as long as there's a merch and then we'll be good
1: yeah that's okay if we can twin like the chargers and Tyrannai together so because the bolt logo on the helmet would work perfectly and everything oh, be... that would be sweet <laughs> um Rich, obviously, we want to talk a bit about the NFL weekend that's been and gone. Do you find yourself as as a coach looking at some of the mistakes that you see over, particularly we had some in week one in terms of the coaching decisions made about not perhaps getting a few extra yards for a field goal in a few places? Do you you sit there and kind of tear your hair out a little bit and think, even I know how to do this? And how do coaches kind of plan for that kind of game plan moment when it seems like so many in the NFL still seem to kind of lose their shit a bit, not really have have a right idea of what what they need to do when everybody else is yelling at the tv
0: i mean it's amazing what happens when pressure is applied to people like you can have a great plan and then pressure is applied and all of a sudden you start unraveling a little bit um we we do try and learn vicariously through others so like watching the nfl like you know the overtime stuff unfold end of game situations like you know, how many yards do we need for a field goal kick? Like that's something that on the headset before that drive, somebody is telling you, you know, if, say you have the ball on your own 30 yard line and you need to get it to the other 30 yard line. You're like, Hey, we need 40 yards for a field goal. Like mm. that's something that is communicated out that you should be very aware of. Like, so you are kind of thinking as you, as the ball is moving, like, Hey, I need 10 more yards here. Like there was time on the clock. Wasn't an issue for them at that point. It's, it's just trying to get the ball in a position where you can kick it. So we, we do pay attention to those. Obviously we wish we had more time to just sit there and digest it all. But like, you know, we're in there Sunday watching Millsap's film. Well, we watch our film from, from the day before. Then we watch our opponent film whilst we also have NFL on in the corner and you're kind of trying to digest all those things at once. And, uh, and trying to get a base game plan together on a, on a Sunday and Monday so um it, it's it's pretty crazy and soon you start <laughs> forgetting what else is going on in the world and <laughs> just all wrapped up
3: in it I think as I get rich as I get kind of more and more into American football this the the situational side of it does fascinate me and you kind of touched on it there just how like there, there's certain things that just come up like would come up once in a season or once in a career situations where it's like, I don't know, fourth and five, but we've only got 30 seconds left. We've got two timeouts left. Like all of these things. And I think Ollie was maybe alluding to Nathaniel Hackett and his, some of his decisions in the Broncos game, um, which were questionable, but you kind of, it must be so hard to try and, uh, allow for these eccentricities of American football without just concentrating on it all the time. Like they're so rare, some of these situations. And then when they come up, everybody at home is like, Oh, I can't believe they're doing that. But it's like, well, this might be the only time this comes up ever for this yes. team, like yes. this particular situation.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of permutations and every situation is a little different because of, you know, the score, uh, the clock, how many timeouts, yeah. you, you have to be factoring these in. And you have – I don't know where it is. I have a chart somewhere I carry on game day that that tells me, based on how long is left in the quarter and how many timeouts you and your opponent have, mm-hmm. how far you can run the clock down. So you're sat there like in our last game. Um, we're trying to get the ball back from Northern Michigan. We're losing by three. We, we get the ball back, and we're doing the math to like, okay – we can get the ball back with four seconds left like at the end of the game so we're using our timeouts we get a stop you know we're going to be like okay we know you know at the beginning of their drive that we can get the ball back with four seconds in this kind of area of the field so we're talking to our players about this is the play we're going to run so you watch those four plays unfold and there's four seconds left and so Mm -hmm. you're like all right here we go like so you're kind of you know it's not like you're playing chess but you're you're trying to think like as many plays down the mm. road as you can it's like a
1: snooker player when yeah. he's thinking about the black he's going to put in four shots time as opposed to the red that's right in front of him right now
0: mm-hmm. no e- exactly and you just you're trying to play all these situations out and you're like okay what if they get a first down this thing's over so you but then you try and bring that forward to like okay there's 8 minutes left in the game Like now you're trying to magnify all these different situations. They're all still available to you. Um, yeah. And you try and practice them ahead of time and different critical plays that you want for each of these, like hail Mary, everyone knows what a hail Mary is like, okay, but what is the range for your quarterback for a hail Mary? Like, if you're 10 yards outside of it, what are you calling now? Like, so there's all these like plays that you got to practice and we'll do all those tomorrow. Um, every thursday we go through the what if list of like 30 different weird scenarios that we have to kind of cover um and you may only use them once in a season and you you hope you do it right
2: and so we do that is that kind of live action sort of thing so full-on tackling or is it full speed but kind of hand touching more than anything else
0: yeah full speed don't tackle we won't tackle during the week right Um, it's all about health and feeling good going into the game so yeah um yeah you're you're trying to go through it on thursday like you know taking a safety in case you need to intentionally take one then like what if you end up with the ball there's four seconds left it's fourth down and you don't want to give it to the other team how can you run four seconds off the clock to, to end the game like all these different kind of weird and wonderful scenarios and then then you'll see one on tv and be like well shit we didn't have a good plan for that so we better yeah. add that into our tool bag as well
2: so what, what situation would you intentionally take a safety
0: well, I'll give you an example from Bripal. Um, I was coaching at the Sussex Thunder many years ago. Yeah. We are playing Neen Valley. I don't even know if Neen Valley still exists, but they're a, a double wing option team and couldn't throw the football. And we're backed up near our own end zone. And so the d- decision we made was we can either hunt from our own end zone and they're going to get the ball somewhere around the midfield area. Mm -hmm. And for an option team with that much time on the clock, there's a reasonable chance they could go score and win the game. Or we take a safety and we get to kick off now and gain an extra Uh. 20, 30 yards. And we can punt it from there and try and pin them back and make them go further. So strategically, we took the safety to gain the field position so that we could uh, kick off and pin them deeper.
2: Well that makes sense. Otherwise saying intentionally take a safety sounds like kamikaze kind of play. Yeah. <laughs> so but again, works. that's
3: the kind of information that you've now logged but you're probably not going to use again or like you might use it I once mean, I probably again, won't crew. use it. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's so specific, isn't yeah. it? To the team you're playing, the situation you're in, and mm-hmm. you, you know, you've, you the fact that you can still remember that is amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that was 2001 or 2002. So wow. It's uh, 20 years ago now. Have you
1: got that McVeigh Rayman in your head? Of you can remember every single play, every <laughs> single one that you've run in various situations. Because I know he's been tested on that before. Have you got that similar thing then, Rich? I
0: don't know if I'm as good as him. Like he, he's like pure photographic memory. But I'll forget a lot of things in the world. But I seem to remember weird and wonderful plays that I ran 20 years ago against some team. And I remember that Paul Robinson was like quarterback, and he. Ran around to the right and then kind of stepped out the back of the end zone very late, but we ran a bunch of time off the clock. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I remember that for some reason.
3: That's cool. What kind of Rich, what kind of um, like, obviously, we're NFL fans. Ollie watches a bit of College Bowl, but you know, we all know the NFL fairly well. That what kind of offense do you think in the NFL mirrors what you like
0: about offense? You know, I really liked what the patriots did for a long time with brady and mcdaniels um and and i i'm a a dolphin but oh oh right
1: god i hope you feel dirty saying that then
0: (laughs) so it's uh what i am here's what i liked about them is that they were able to find what your weakness was each week and attack it Mm -hmm. so if you're playing the box one week and and they can't stop the run and they were going to run the ball for 300 yards and try and win that way. And if you're playing Miami the next week and they can't stop the pass, then Brady's going to throw it 60 times. Um, They had that flexibility within their offense to find ways to put you at your greatest weakness. Um, And so I, I really liked that about them and what they did. Um, I think when I watch a lot of teams, it's, you know, teams playing to their strength and, and knowing who their people really are, sometimes it's difficult to kind of gauge that, I think. Especially week one, like you see it with the Packers right now and Aaron Rodgers, like, who is going to be his go-to receiver? Like, that, you know, it's one week in, everyone's panicking, you know, here in Wisconsin a little bit. But, you know, they're like, man, we wish we'd, you know, receiver didn't leave and go to the Raiders. Um, so they got to kind of get that worked through and that might take them a while.
2: If that rookie doesn't drop that pass as well, when he's in stride, free, completely going to be untouched to go to the end zone, and just yeah. hand almost claps at it and then puts his hands on his head as if to say, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm silly. Yeah, you are silly. You should be catching that. That's literally a job." And you yeah, think, by... "I'm
3: sure he feels quite bad about
2: it, Jazz. Yeah, I'm sure he does. But I mean, <laughs> you can understand why Aaron Rodgers was kind of coming out at the press saying that we need to learn things and learn them fast because that was clearly a very well run route, run route, but he just didn't have the the hands and the coordination to do it at that point which is just yeah, not, yeah, that can, yeah. not that i can not i can criticize because i wouldn't be in that position anyway but <laughs> someone in that position should do it
0: pressure does strange things to people like yeah that's game, true. Bright lights um cherry rice is a rookie he dropped a bunch of footballs as well and uh and he worked out to be pretty good so
2: he didn't do too bad did he
0: Mm. It was average you know. average you
2: like that kind of thing i mean
1: yeah. <laughs> rich i know you've got to get off mate because uh you've got to get game prepping for uh for this coming weekend uh if we can do a quick fire one uh from each of us if you fancy i i just want to this is one i really want to ask you because obviously you're the british guy you know friendly chap we've spoken a few times now do the players react to you differently if and I don't know if you do this, but you go into that kind of coach psychopath mode on the sideline when you're in game mode. And are they do they see you initially. It's like, oh, look at the friendly British coach we've got. And then when you're giving them a rollicking on the sideline, well, this is not what I was expecting. What the hell's going on here? Like, you had any <laughs> weird reactions with that?
0: You know, earlier in my career, I think obviously my accent was a lot more pronounced than it is now, where it's kind of this hybrid softened accent. Yeah. I think people were very aware, like, hey, he's a British guy, but now I have a lot of credibility, having done this for twenty years. The the thing that college athletes want and high school, you know, athletes in general is somebody that can coach them to make them better. And I don't think they really care if you're a a man or a woman or if you're from England or or from America. They just if you can give them the information they need to improve then they're going to respect you and they're going to listen to you. And then the more you build a relationship with these players, then the harder you can be on them, but it's all going to come from a place of love. Um, Cause they know the respect piece is there, you know, with them. So it's, it's, you know, we're building that we've, I've been around these guys now about 35, 40 practices and, and uh, I can, I can push these old linemen and, and these players pretty good. And they will take it in a really positive manner, um, because they know I'm coming from a good place, and and uh, hopefully I know what I'm talking about. So, um, yeah.
3: Fair, fair. Any last ones, boys? Tell me about the Dolphins this year. Then have you got we got predictions. Do you think Tua is
0: going to work out? You know, Tua. I mean, obviously, everyone—the first thing anyone says with Tua is like he's extremely accurate. And, and he has some elite receivers now with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And, and I don't think they know what they want to do with Gesicki. I know they were trying to trade him for a while because um, I don't think he's a run-blocking guy that's going to fit what they want to do. Um, it, it's interesting. I, like When I watch Tua, the thing that frustrates me the most is, is his lack of mobility and ability to escape in the pocket. And so he takes a lot of sacks but then you, you watch Tom Brady play and Tom Brady can kind of move around, but he's not very like athletic and dynamic back there. So I do wonder for to an extent is like if Miami's pass pro issues were resolved, how good could Tua be? Um, You know, I think he makes good decisions. So I kind of want to see, and then I just hope it isn't this way, but you see a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL who, cycle through a lot of offensive coordinators early in their career and then they end up going somewhere else and then they get into a groove with an offense that fits them and you saw that with like Brian Tannehill when he left Miami he'd been through a lot of coordinators been hurt he gets jettisoned by the Dolphins and goes to the Tennessee Titans and now he has a run game of play action and he's you know all pro quarterback so um, I think Alex there's a
2: Smith lot- as well on that one
0: yeah I-, I think there's a lot to like about Tua I think it's how clean can they keep him in pass pro? Obviously they can play good defense. Um, for Miami, I think the fan base is looking for a damarino like
1: mm-hmm.
0: type franchise quarterback. And, and that's the expectations. You're taking fifth in the draft. Can you be that elite-level quarterback like a Josh Allen? Well, two is really different than, than Josh Allen. Josh Allen's like a dual threat. Can, I mean, he's special. I don't mm-hmm. so Ollie doesn't I, agree I'm, with you on yeah, tour. Rich Ollie hates him.
1: He's a dual threat. He can throw touchdowns and interceptions impressively. It's very, very
0: <laughs> impressive indeed. <Give> it up. <laughs> so that's my thoughts on Tua. So, okay. so
2: my last one, Rich, with you having been through so many kind of coaching staffs you've been through the jobs you've been through, how close do you stay in touch with some of them and do you find some of them are more mentorish, if that makes sense? And as some a bit more standoffish because they think that they're, well, they're the head coach and nothing to do with me, your bit, or is it much more kind of fraternity? And if you did see one of those coaches go to an NFL job, for example, is there a chance they might try and bring you along as well?
0: So the last head coach I worked for in Akron, Tom Arth, is with the Chargers now. Okay. Um, so I was texting with him yesterday and because um, they're playing tomorrow night against the Chiefs. And I'm like, man, it's like more Akron, and we had those short weeks. And he's like, yeah, you play on Sunday, and then you have to play on Thursday already. So we we're going back and forth about that a little bit. Um, so it's it's different now when you you watch that game, you're looking for plays and things that we did at Akron that are now showing up in the NFL. Um, but and then I spoke last night to the head coach I had in California. He's really one of my best friends, uh, Chris Creek. Uh, I was in my wedding. Like I gave him a call to check in on him and see how he's doing. So it it really is a fraternity. Like when you're in this bubble of coaching, like I, obviously, you know, you become a little, you know, you don't know what's going on in the world so much. Obviously, I know what happened with the queen and, and what's going on back home, but I don't know really anything else. Like you're just Focused on third down and red zone on Wednesday.
2: <laughs> oh, <got> you, yeah.
0: <laughs> insular, very
2: insular, like you said. It yeah. is
0: it, it like it sounds like a joke, but it genuinely is like it's third down and red zone today. We're gonna to get a game plan together, we're gonna to practice it, then we have meetings, and then when I get done, I'm gonna watch some more film on it, and then I'm going to bed, and then I'm getting up and we're on to the next situation. Um, so you you naturally when you spend that much time with people, you get close to them. So like the coaches I've worked with in the past, like we're always texting and just wishing each other good luck this week. How did you get on? Like, I saw the score you lost or you won. Like and and that's the thing you kind of realize is like there's a lot of things that go into winning and losing games. So you're just excited for your friends when they win and you're you're sad when they lose. But you realize as a coach, like you you don't need like sometimes people don't know how to react if you lose a game they're like you know like hope you're doing all right you just don't have time to sit there and mope about it Mm -hmm. like there's another game the next week you better be like (laughs) getting out plan to to get ready like you got about 20 you know 12 hours and then you got to move on so um you get really tight with those people and you go through some stressful situations and and then when you're apart it's a little weird because you you just you know what to expect from these people so Mm
2: um
1: Yeah, it, it sounds like you've gone from the ABBA bubble of not knowing what goes on outside Aberystwyth when you're there to now not knowing what goes on outside of the <laughs> coaching sure. bubble. I mean, they fit perfectly. It might be the best breeding ground for being in that world of coaching in the US if you go to <laughs> Aberystwyth <laughs> University, just not having a clue what go- goes on outside. Rich, man, we'll and, let you get off. Um, and now you- we've
0: got a king as well. So ABBA putting yeah. people out
3: yeah yeah i was actually i apologize rich i was trying to find my uh Tyrani jersey to to put up here but i don't know what i've done with it i don't know if it's been destroyed in some kind of uh drinking session but uh i couldn't find it earlier i was going to put it behind for you but sorry about that
0: that's all good next time next time yeah
3: next i'll find time. it somewhere rich man best of luck on the
1: weekend against uh yeah, kind of luck, college mate. go titans right,
3: it,
1: <laughs> get it done and dude, thanks for the uh, thanks for the time, mate. And um, yeah, look, everybody can find you on Twitter at, at, coach, at coach underscore Wurzel, I believe it is. Yep. That's it.
0: All right, signing out. We'll see you guys.
1: Take care, Rich. Have a good one, yes, man. Mate. Thank you, Rich Wurzel. Such a nice guy, man.
3: Mm. It's pretty. He's weird, lovely, though. isn't he? It's weird yeah. to go from. I can't imagine him getting uh, like mad. Uh, but that's.
1: They oh, i can got see that, that. they've I all can really see that.
2: that yeah yeah <laughs> i know the accent was so... strange though wasn't it like you said a hybrid accent been in the states for 20 years it gonna... seems
3: american to
2: us but but mm, slightly aussie in some very... words as well i had a little bit of aussie in there too so it was just a little bit i think because the pronunciations are so different and so varied that it's just all yeah uh
1: a, a real mutt of uh, of an accent. Yeah, a hodgepodge of everything. <laughs> hodgepodge. See, go the fighting hodgepodge. Let's do this. Yep. <laughs> Can't believe I started that off. Right. Yeah, hodgepodge? I know. Yeah, yeah You do is... have
3: producers rights. So you could just cut. You could just
1: start. Nah, we're going like, to leave it. 20 seconds later. We're well, going to leave it.
2: And at this point, we'd like to remind everyone that these views are not shared by Verge Magazine. That is, own...
1: that is a good point. That is a very good yeah. point. Yeah, these yeah, aren't yeah, the views of Verge up Magazine, up right Andre Dixon, or anybody else involved, that's for sure. Um, and not even the views of Rich Wurzel, just myself, apparently, because I'm yep. an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, week one was pretty good, wasn't it? Well, Yeah, there were some geez.
2: cracking games in that week. And some games didn't want to end, and some performances you think, wow, where did that come from?
3: I was jealous you guys like watching that together. And I was especially jealous like watching. I would have liked to watch his Jazz's reaction to the end of that Steelers game. Wow, that like that knuckle, free, uh, knuckle field goal
1: that went right, left, that. right. Oh, left post. And then hit
2: the upright, yeah. Jesus Christ. And then the, the blocked extra point. I couldn't believe that. I was probably only Ollie and maybe some dogs could hear what I was saying at that point. That was really my yeah. pitch. Mm. I was in such shock that that happened. I can oh, you well, talking good. of
3: talking of kickers? You seen they've released Blankenship? I don't know if I've messaged about it. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. so sad. Yeah. He's been so good, and he misses. Josh one. Potter's yeah, Josh Potter's doppelganger's gone.
1: Unbelievable. He'll get, he'll but get picked up though. He's a good kicker. He's, he's a, good a really kicker. good kicker. Yeah, I don't know why they get him Let him
2: go. It's weird. But then you, the if you miss a couple of kicks, that's all you're there for. And as soon as you do that, they think, well, we'll replace you with someone but else.
3: Week one. <laughs>
2: Like what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> but the Colts—that
1: was embarrassing. I mean, if you want to start anywhere, the Colts not beating the Texans—absolutely. The embarrassing. Texans, yeah, Texans look, look like
3: they looked frisky in the first half, and then they really died off. But yeah, like Matt Ryan, I'm concerned about his kind of mm-hmm. uh protection because I think if he gets protected well enough, he can have a fine season. But that O just bad. not good enough. Uh, yeah, bad O-line. but it was bad. It was bad. It was bad Sunday. to start the game. It was real the whole bad. team
2: was kind of bad to start the game and most of the game. No one really showed up. It, re- it reminded me of the um the Colts Jags game in the last year, where the Colts just didn't show up until mm. what halfway through the third quarter, and then try to make a comeback, but it was mm. too late at that point. Yeah. that's how yeah. it felt with that game.
3: It it does show as well. You kind of, we were talking in the offseason about are they going to figure taylor out i think you touched on it with potter as well and it, it the texans already they were all over him like until
1: they weren't was, i mean the other thing was that he did, he did break out towards the end
3: um and ended up putting uh, do you get 100 yards in the end he might have got around yeah, so. yeah. he didn't do too badly yeah he would, 80, they didn't but...
1: they didn't shut him down in the end that was the trouble no. was the, there were a lot of good running backs that put up some good yardage this weekend i mean it was nice to see Saquon. turn of the saquon yeah, yeah that was as much as i don't want to see saquon barkley doing well for obvious reasons it was kind of cool to see a great player you oh, know, yeah. awesome athlete getting back um but yeah Col- colts fans are sick and livid and frustrated at that because they all thought that was going to be a walk in the park they were basically like i think there were four games that i said were probably going to be kind of cake walks. I thought the Niners would get over the Bears and the Wolves. Oh, I know. God, and the, that was a shocker. There was Jeez. a great level That was up. crazy, wasn't it? My mate Andy, who I was out at the NFC Championship game with, got his him and a, another guy from work drunkenly got flights on Friday night to leave Saturday morning to go to the Niners game in Chicago. Uh, Andy went mm-hmm. all the way to the US, sat in the rain, watched his yeah, team lose, it down. watched his team lose, big Niners fan, and then lost <laughs> his mobile phone. <laughs> <laughs> and he's I literally did. been to back-to-back games for the Niners where he's flown out last minute to go and see them lose in Los Angeles in the NFC Championship game and then week one of the start of this he's season. He's the curse,
3: man. He needs to stop
2: going. <laughs> yeah, but at least Maybe he's had three bad game. things. That's three bad things sitting in the rain, watching your team losing, losing your phone, so he should be fine for a little while now. Yeah, yeah. the Niners will win next week. That's, that's for sure.
3: Yeah. I tell you what, Justin Fields, for a guy who's got bugger all around him, was... He's got some heart that guy, hasn't he? He's he's quite exciting.
1: Well, it's good he's got heart because he hasn't got an arm. Both Fields and Lance <laughs> look trash.
3: Uh, I mean the weather yeah. I think didn't help with that. But was... Justin Fields had a good arm last year, so I have no reason to think that he can't throw the ball. I just don't know who he's going to throw it to. Like I think Cole you have to in. check down about and five Cole times with that. Well,
1: somebody Those was wonderful. and then Cole Somebody was saying um that and I remember thinking this about Trubisky and Zach Wilson, when we saw him in in London, you can see with Fields, the cogs ticking away as he's checking down. He's not quick enough at all for the game at this point, which will hopefully come, obviously like that can be learned, but you are watching a guy going through the process of like, okay, but like if you had that
3: receiving core though, I I feel like, do you know what I mean? There's no kind of, Blanket player where you can kind of is going to act as like a pressure release valve, like yeah, because Because yeah. they're not very good across the board. But I can't believe the Niners, like, I mean, that was one of the bets that uh, I got screwed I mean, that, on. You'd have thought that that's so that, surprised,
1: considering they couldn't throw really Chicago, neither side could throw in those conditions. You'd have thought that was perfect for whichever team had the best defense. And the Niners have yeah. a, a good defense.
3: And the best running game as well. So you really yeah.
1: would have thought that that would have been the perfect game to steamroll somebody. Yeah. It was very peculiar, that. My very man. peculiar. Indeed. So
3: many, so many crazy ends of the games. The Falcons, like, losing again. It's just such a... I thought I'd bring it up before you guys do, like... Falcons got a Falcon. They they like uh they've had somebody put up this graphic. I don't know if I sent it on the group because it's upsetting. Um, but like of the the big losses. Tell me. Okay. It's like the big uh comeback losses that we've had over the like you know since the Super Bowl. And they are pretty drastic. You remember like the Cowboys last year where they were like 20. That was ridiculous. So points behind. What were you twenty-three
1: seven up in this one?
2: (sighs) Yeah. Something like it was, that. Yeah, or I maybe so. even
1: 26 7 if they went unanswered. No, no. Yeah. 20, yeah. yeah, it was 26. Um, 26
2: and 10. An like, early payout, yeah. Oh, not quite then. 26 10. Yeah.
3: I think, I mean, look, it, it's a weird thing because I, I thought we were going to lose that game anyway. So, like. That's <laughs> where <laughs> so all that sound was to begin with. Ollie choking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of choking going on. But it's like. It's weird, isn't it, your expectations as a fan? Because the actual performance, like, overall, for what the quality that the Falcons have at the moment, which is questionable, mm. it was a really good performance. Like, the Saints, they're a good team. And, like, especially in the first half, like, our lack of, like, pass rush and stuff. It, like, DMP's managed to, like, scheme up some amazing stuff. And the offense looks functional. What did you, what did you make Drake of Mariota? London looks good. And it's quite exciting. Yeah, Mariota looks... Like he was moving around, great. He was doing great stuff with his legs. Like he looks super fresh. I mean, I guess he hasn't started many games over the last few games, few years, so he should be fresh. But like he felt like a rookie coming in, not like a twenty-eight year old or however old mm. he is. Like, yeah, he was full of energy. It's. I think the Falcons are going to be watchable this year, which is not something that maybe we would have thought in like May.
1: <laughs>
2: cool, <laughs> all cool. have said for a little while. Yeah, they're watchable, and that's you
3: know fine as a fan who's got minimal expectations let's
1: not jump to big conclusions early on it's only week one i mean by the end of week two you could be sat there going this is going to be i'm never going to watch a falcon i know but if
3: they that's fair but if they can move the ball on the saints yeah you kind of think i mean i i would have thought at the end of the year we're looking at the saints as a top five defense or they should be Uh, yeah that was the ball on the saints you know That was a worrying one with
1: New Orleans. I didn't like the whole Taysom Hill's coming back and doing wild, wacky, crazy QB things. I know it kind of paid off, but I'm just not a big fan. It did work. I'm not a big fan of that to some extent. Winston got uh, better in the second half, from what I've seen in the highlights. So I mean that that just seems to me like if you stop dicking about with this trick QB play and just let a QB get in, get settled, because all of these, all of the starters, or a lot of teams with a lot of starters, Mm. uh, look like they, you know, hadn't played. Most of preseason, or really any preseason at all, and actually they, similarly to what we discussed with um, Josh last week about the Bills Rams game, the first half of that both teams looked incredibly rusty, and it, yeah. it seemed to be quite a few teams this week kind of had that as well with their starters because they've not played in a football game for half the season. So uh, sorry for the preseason. So I mean, it's like I don't know. I. I'm still out on whether people have kind of come good in the second half because of coaching adjustments or whether they've just kind of Mm. been getting back up to speed. So the Colts might not have another half as bad as they did against the Houston Texans. They will this week,
2: but whatever. Yeah, possibly. Because they're um, going to Jacksonville. They lose to Jacksonville every year. They have done for the last five. Yeah, they're haunted by the memories. God, of Jacksonville.
3: I know you guys are like higher on than this year, but they look trash. They look like they picked up exactly where they left off. Mm.
2: Yeah, ring rust. Be knows They're going to shake it off. They're going to yeah, get yeah. going. It's fine. There were some mistakes. Boring as well. They I've look said... so Boring.
1: I've said oh. that Trevor Lawrence, a lot of people kept on saying last year that, like, oh, no, I saw him make throws that you know showed his NFL... I, there were a lot of bad throws from him this oh, week. Oh, yeah. Like, really poor decisions and trying to force it into areas. And
3: it might be yeah. the next Sam, Sam Darnold.
2: Who knows? Oh, we'll go that far. Maybe the next Baker Mayfield. Mm. Which means Dave will love him forever.
3: Baker was all right.
1: Baker, yeah, Baker, uh, Baker, came back. Baker you... eventually got all right. <laughs> he was uh, what he about was ter- the eagles ter- talking baker about baker was terrible at the start of that game he was absolutely awful yeah, but, yeah, i mean really nobody bad. was for the panthers but he was dog muck yeah yeah
3: he uh, looked like he was really. in his first nfl game he didn't know what he was doing mm. what, what about the eagles Ollie?
2: tell yeah. us about that game that was a sweat like Oli was, uh, yeah. was shitting himself when yeah, he got to I mean, 35, six, 38.
1: As I said on the, group, on the group chat, six minutes into the season, I was livid. <laughs> I was yeah, so annoyed. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it's everything that I thought they'd be. AJ Brown was uh, awesome when he was throwing the ball accurately. He made some great catches, perfect target man. Um, Disappointed that Smith didn't get a reception. That was yeah. weird wasn't targeted very often but fair enough i mean dallas goddard and aj brown had pretty good games in the receiving game and jalen hurts has no pocket presence whatsoever and it worked out this week but you literally see him look at his first read and then just run and And then
2: and then what happens next well then he slides no, he throws it away and doesn't get to line of scrimmage oh, there and somehow of... doesn't get a penalty thrown. Jazz was there's so many times the he should have had penalty thrown. Yeah. I mean, once, there's one where he threw it at the floor and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there was a running back in the area. Then you look at the replay. Yeah, he was 10 yards away from the ball. Yeah, He's not it's, in that area. You have to account the, for how on bad... On the field, yes, but not in the area.
1: You have to account for how bad Jalen Hurts is at throwing and 10-yard misses those. are considered an accurate throw for Jalen Hurts. Throw the
2: flags. <laughs> Where's uh, the flags? Throw the flags.
1: Um so yeah so uh, but look four rushing touchdowns and a pick six so i'm okay with that i said they'd probably get more than 25 i think it was and better or worse in terms of rushing touchdowns this mm-hmm. year so yeah it's yeah. yeah. uh, the
3: se- is the second most uh, yards or is it second most de- second most rushing yards i think he's had in a game yeah i mean he he
1: was just running in fairness like detroit bought the blitz every so often the eagles were terrible at shutting down the run although brian baldinger did do a really good analysis uh, of uh, on his twitter page of hmm. how the lions blocking scheme up front was basically perfect for every single big run that swift was able to break out which is in fairness if the Lions blocking really well and swift's taking on suddenly the secondary within three yards of the line of scrimmage i mean it's a tough one to stop yeah yeah. but um, but no the Eagles couldn't tackle Uh, were getting blocked out in terms of dealing with the run game and then the Lions midway through that game started going right we've established the run it's working really well so let's put it in Jared let's Goff's go hands and it was <laughs> like what are you doing yeah. I don't understand that at all so um, no the Eagles were really good in terms of rushing the ball there's the a belt ball- in
3: game for the neutral yeah it got a a little
1: squeaky at the end but miles sanders had a couple of big runs on that final drive just to kind of kill the clock off which was nice i thought he was really good as well i'm a big
2: fan of sanders still so i really wanted the lions to win at that point once they start coming back i just wanted to see the the hope just drain from ollie's eyes (laughs) (laughs) brutal yeah i know It'd be Jeez. fun. Though. It's
1: only because you were going through the ringer at that point with that Bengals yeah, game yeah. because yeah, which just complains. didn't stop. It Joe just kept Burrow on threw going. four interceptions and still got that Bengals
2: team. He got sacked seven times, oh, I think, as well.
3: Jazz, Doctor Jazz is in the house. Mm. TJ, what, what is, what is going on? Have you seen any updates? It's a so bice- is it a bicep injury? Peck pec injury? injury. It's a peck okay. tear.
2: Right. Um, it seems as though from reports he doesn't need to have surgery on it. If he had to have surgery on it, that's the end of the year. Yeah. If he doesn't have surgery on it, he can rehab it and he should be back between four and six weeks. Tomlin okay. said he's out this week and that's all he's saying. So he's leaving the door open at every every single point. They're not going to put him on IR. So when he's ready, he'll come back. And he, he was looked. such a monster as well. But so <laughs> was, was Highsmith. So Highsmith got three sacks last week. And Minka was back
1: to his best in the oh, secondary. Oh, Minka was just, he was yeah, exceptional. My Him and Xavier Howard uh, in Miami were both had awesome days in the secondary yeah. last week.
2: Um, and with the happen. run game, Miles Jack made a huge difference in the middle, huge difference in the middle. So, and then Cam Sutton played out of skin as well.
3: I thought Trubisky was okay as well. I know you didn't put up a lot of points on offense, but he had that play where I, where your offensive line kind of let everybody through and he managed to spin out and around and then threw it across his body. I don't know who got the um reception, might have been George Pickens, but. Do you know the play I'm thinking of? It was re- it, was, um, it was impressive. I might have missed that one. It was just a pure in- improvisational play,
1: and yeah, um,
2: that's what they're looking for: some mobility. You know? Yeah. And Deontay Johnson's
1: yeah. got his hands. I mean, he makes that unbelievable grab on the sideline, which everyone's a crazy talking about. Catch. The the one was the hmm. uh, chase catch that if he gets that toe in for the touchdown, oh, that's just great. That's great that coverage so from good. Cam Sutton. That's yeah, just but just by pushing him at the time, the back he of did. the hand grab was. Oh. Unbelievable! It's like that half had... an inch. Everyone's the saying line, that Deontay it? Johnson one's the best catch of the week, but if you're half an inch, as you say, from that toe being in, that's without a doubt the best catch of week one. Yeah, but that yeah, wasn't yeah. a
2: catch; doesn't count. Oh my so, God. <laughs> whatever. How's uh, Najee Harris as well, by the way, Jeff? Uh, I've not heard <laughs> much about him. The trouble he had was his foot again, and so if it's his Liz Frank injury that he had in preseason and be working the training camp. That could be the end of his year as well. Yeah. Oh, they, Jesus. They that's haven't bad said news that. for my fancy. They one. haven't said that, but that's because this Frank fractures tend to be horrible healers and mm. tend to carry on breaking. If you don't address it earlier rather than or sooner rather than later, there's more of a chance of long term damage and then problems using your foot at all. So,
3: Oh, Jesus. So you lose your star running back. Yeah, and high high, to Smith, high Smith
2: was a beast last week. So I think actually. Not that I'm going to say TJ Watt won't be missed, but there'll be less of a drop-off because of how well he played. Okay, so We should still be able to create a ton of pressure. And also, you've still got Cam Hayward pushing the pocket up front. He was a monster up front as well. So that should all be, uh, hopefully, fine. But Minka was, yeah, playing out of his skin. My favourite one with that was was two things I liked what Minka did. One, I got a bit annoyed with him, but I liked what he did anyway. It was When Cam Sutton picked off Jamar Chase, or, uh, Joe Burrow, with Jamar Chase, and he... Camson rolls over against the ball, gets up, and Mink just comes along and just lays Chase out with a shoulder, yeah. which unfortunately got unnecessary roughness and it kind of uh, took back the pick. Then in the, I think in the third quarter or fourth quarter, there was a pass interference call against Fitzpatrick. And next play, Burrow throws, it. I think it might have been to T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, one of the two of them. He catches it and Minka just comes in and just bangs the hell out of him. So the ball goes flying out. It goes up to the referee and said, Was that was that clean? Was that okay? And just that level of little kind of chirpiness to it. <laughs> I love that. Big fan. Also, as we're talking about coaching decisions earlier about which was good or a bad idea, we'll get on to Monsieur Hackett later, of course. But clever one that may have gone unnoticed was when there was eight seconds left on the clock before the game winning field goal attempt and they send the offense back out and they take three seconds off the clock by snapping the ball dropping back and throwing it out of bounds so that way there's if there's a chance that Bengals could have had four points or four seconds on the clock if the field goal missed they could have tried the field goal themselves from the same spot or tried a really quick three-second play and then had some yards and had to go so that's just really clever Coaching and time management from Tomlin again.
1: Well, you know every single head coach has looked back at the Bills Chiefs game and gone, "Oh, it only takes 13 seconds to go 80 yards. We need to make sure <laughs> yeah. we kill games yeah. off really quickly yeah. in this league now." Yeah. Hey,
3: talking about the Chiefs, do you just do you think that Arizona were just they're bad shit they're or a bad um, team. or are they... the Chiefs just? fixing things straight away
2: kind of so the Chiefs offense are pretty good but again I think that m- missing JJ Watt was a big loss for them because that and obviously they lost Chandler Jones too no, yeah Chandler Jones is so a much bigger loss than yes yeah, so they've Watt. lost their pass rush and really lost a ma- lost a massive run stopper for them and then from a offensive point of view we all know that Kyler Murray without DeAndre Hopkins is well yeah, yeah. scupper Jamar- Jamarcus Russell basically just smaller so he, he was okay. Gone.
3: He was okay, but they, they were just the Chiefs pass rush was just all over him. He got murdered, really. It he didn't like have the, a chance.
1: It was like the Rams game, uh, when they lost in the playoffs, like yeah, dropping back, yeah. and even his quick legs weren't able to get himself out of danger.
3: That uh one of the safeties, the chief safeties had a lovely sack just coming around the outside. And Kyler Murray's so fast and he just didn't see it coming. Like he got off the off the deck and he was like, Where did you come from? It was an amazing sack. I want this to see the
1: just... I want to see the Chiefs against. Uh, I mean, we will. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait for tomorrow. That's Thursday, game. right? But
3: yeah, it's an amazing
1: Thursday wow. night game. That will
3: show, won't it? Because Patrick Mahomes just looked so loose out there against Arizona. Like he, that shovel pass that he gave to like over to Hilaire to go in for like the third score or something was so naughty. Well, they're just <laughs> languid just... kind of underarm. Oh, toss. it's just yeah. like. Just so Very nice, nonchalant. such a cool play. Like they schemed that up. It wasn't like a last-minute decision. They just like that was Andy Reid just with his cauldron, just mixing things up in the off-season. That's
1: like, the other thing with the Chiefs. A, yeah, yeah. Reid is the great schemer for the first week eight, one, nine he's weeks. He's amazing.
2: Yeah, he'll smash everyone in the week one. It was you good. You a whole off-season to do it. He'll he'll smash you six ways till Sunday. It, but it's it, as the season progresses, like you're about to say, Oli. It was good to see CCA playing well as well. Like, you
3: say that, but they started really slow last year, the Chiefs. So,
1: Well, that's because that Mahomes that kept was... on throwing it away seven <laughs> times a game. You
3: know, So many interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to
2: talk about uh, that. The thing with interceptions last year, though, just quickly on the Mahomes before we get to the Jets, is that some of those interceptions were not his fault. His receivers let them through his hands, through their hands, or they tipped it to the DBs. So although we can kind of lambast Mahomes for, and that's all we'll remember of that season was his inception rate being a lot higher, a lot of them really weren't on him.
1: I mean, you know all about watching receivers not make catches after the Steelers last year. So I'm going to take your expert <laughs> analysis. Uh, on, for more than just one. last year, my friend. <laughs> um, yeah, the Jets are still the Jets. So I'm not overly hyping on the Ravens just yet. But, you know, fine going in very they confident performance. Just, just took care Jets of business, just, didn't they? Jets still yeah. might be the worst team in the NFL, unfortunately for them. Uh, I don't know how you turn that around. Should have asked Rich that in terms of going into a new place. Like, if there's already a stench there, how as a coach do you get rid of the stench without getting rid of every single player and completely rebuilding the team? That's
3: a good point. That's a tough job there.
1: Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the NFL. He's so good. He is so good. And I'll tell you what, Kirk Cousins was very good at getting him the ball as well against Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay aren't didn't do anything in that game. And Aaron Rodgers was livid, which was great. Yeah. But um, but yeah, the Vikings, I don't know if the Vikings can put in performances like that. That defense can get a bit better. I don't big know. Ifs. They're going to be, they're going to be a fun side to watch. I think they'll be very enjoyable, except against the Eagles this week. I might not enjoy it that much. Um, <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, I'm out on the, not out on the Chiefs. I'm impressed by the Chiefs. But the big, throw that everybody's gushing over with Mahomes where he drops it right in between two defenders and finds a perfect window for his receiver Justin Herbert made the exact same throw but to the other side of the field in the game against the Raiders and I'm more impressed by the Chargers getting a divisional victory over the Raiders that everybody was expecting to be this fantastic team and the Chargers looked pretty damn good for about three quarters and they let the Raiders back in a little bit which is what the Chargers do Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa were fantastic Max Crosby had a pretty decent game at rushing Herbert every so often and they did get a bit of pressure on him and forced him to move but yeah the chargers pass rush is exact or looked exactly what everybody thought it was going to be they were really good to watch
2: yeah it also helps have a healthy doan james as well i think he's one of the best safeties in the in the league and when he's healthy it adds a real big x factor to that back end and they uh, really need that
1: giants titans that was surprising derek henry got leveled as well
2: yeah, yeah, it was funny to see that. Derek Henry getting Derrick Henry.
1: Put up on his off his feet. <laughs> Hit off his feet. Yeah. I don't ever Yeah, you go for the king, you take him. Uh Saquon looked great. Giants it gonna is. have to ride him. Sterling Shepherd back as well looked good for the Giants in fairness. Yeah. He had a big Dane connection
2: Jones downfield. As useless as usual. And a bit nondescript. Tannehill didn't have a great game. It really highlighted the lack of weapons that they have at wide receiver because Robert Woods did he have a catch? He might not have even had a catch.
3: I think he I think he got yeah less than one point. So yeah he didn't get in much. our league that's not that's not a catch. Not great. I don't know, I don't yeah. know what, yeah I don't know what happened. I he was part of that team I posted on the uh, our fancy football group the the worst fancy Two Score t- line from two week targets, one, which
1: is one reception, thirteen yards for Robert Woods. Yeah.
2: Oh, jeez. Yeah. So that's the trouble. If you can't move the ball from a point of view, of passing it, and you rely on Derek Henry completely, well, that's an easy game plan to just stuff him up. Just mm. put eight men in the box, go man at the outside, and then you're probably going to be fine.
1: And then that brings us on to because that's all of the. Go- oh yeah, Dax down. Oh no.
3: Oh no. The Cowboys. <laughs> Boys couldn't have been already. a better
1: late game the cowboys were terrible even when dak was in there who's their yeah.
2: backup cooper rush the funny thing was skip right. baylor saying that he thinks that cooper rush may be just as good as dak prescott if not slightly better given the performance that they put in on the other the other day it, it's really irks me because i took CeeDee lamb in fantasy and he's going to be useless the whole year it's funny to see zeke be in my opinion crap but he had fairness, 10 rushes for 52 yards so that's an average of five a rush, but that offensive line is no longer the offensive line it used to be. The loss mm. of Tyron Smith with Jerry Jones saying, I hope you're back for the playoffs now seems like a very big, bold claim from Jerry Jones to even assume they'll get to the playoffs. Now, I was listening to the Rich Eisen show, and they were saying that as soon as they said that quote, one of the guys said, Playoffs? Like the old uh, Jim Mora quote. Playoffs. Uh, Jim Mora senior quote. Yeah. yeah. He's trying to win a game. <laughs> And it was hilarious hearing that, and it really brought that home. And the thing with Dak being out for probably th- three or four weeks, maybe longer, with his minimum, going, yeah, his thumb being broken, is that when he comes back, is he going to have the same grip? Is he going to feel confident with it? Are they even going to be worth bringing him back? Because at the point he comes back, in by week six, so, say it's week six he comes back, they might be six oh and six or oh and five. We can only what hope. Do you, stop teasing me, Dad, <laughs> with these beautiful
1: numbers you're saying.
2: But, I mean, at that point, what's the point in bringing him back and playing him? Because you might as well let him get healthier further. Because You're not going to suddenly go on a 12-game winning streak. You're probably going to get even nine wins in a season at that point.
3: Yeah, it could be another lost season for Dallas, right?
2: But I think the trouble you have with Dallas and what we're seeing now is because they've overpaid Zeke, because they've not overpaid for Prescott, because that's um, we can argue whether they're overpaid for him or not. They clearly overpaid Amari Cooper and obviously shipped him out but they haven't got the talent around all the rest of the positions. They're lucky they've got Parsons and and Diggs on their rookie contracts. So the defense has got at least some money to play with. But I just don't know where all the rest of it's really gone.
1: Inept. Couldn't execute. Awful. After what yeah. I stayed up and witnessed, I'm not sure it even matters Dak being out. Bring back Romo. That is the greatest text message I'll ever receive <laughs> at 7.55
2: in the morning from Richard Graves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh um I mean, you just got a bit half halftime wouldn't you yeah first quarter even i'd be like oh i know where this is going yeah
1: bucks were fine weren't like anything they just too took, special took care of business
3: they didn't need to get into second gear yeah so. no they didn't <laughs> it's <was> fine <laughs> like julio you don't good. really know anything more about the bucks and how good they're going to be this year from that game they just took care of business which is what good teams do like bad teams like Brady. my own would Brady. be like in a position like that and struggle. Brady so got annoyed
1: with the offensive line a few times in that game. I watched it in the morning, and yeah, he was getting a bit cheesed off with his O line, not giving him enough protection every so often. Um, but he found what he needed to. Julio looked good. Evans obviously is great. Godwin the... mm.
2: Go on. Yeah, he... he's injured himself again, yeah. hasn't he? Do you yeah. see the uh, the chip block that Fournette put on Mika Parsons? No. So Mika Parsons is rushing off the edge. The tackle hits him, and the, he's just starting to go around the side of him. And Fournette just moves up a little bit and just levels him with a shoulder right into the chest. Hmm. It was an aggressive block. So I was oh. thinking.
3: Did you see the uh, talking of um, blocks? Did you see Aaron Rodgers try and block? Yeah, it was uh, a uh, Smith. Smith yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> In the Vikings game. But it looked like they both had a good laugh about it.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. uh, I think he's just, I'd like to have known what uh, Smith said to him afterwards. Like, shut up, (laughs) old man. Like, what are you doing here? (laughs) Trying to throw a shoulder on me. That was funny. Yeah.
2: Brave, because I mean.
3: He stumbled as well on the ground
2: when he was trying to get up. Yeah. Well, brilliant. Uh,
3: um,
1: Broncos, let's ride. So oh, the Seahawks,
2: you know, Smith. Smith started the game really hot. He played yeah, really well to start fine. off with. And that it, like, it'll, nil it'll lead, come apart, but it came apart in the second half, to be honest. But the 7 0 lead they got early on in that game on their first drive was really the turning point that the, uh, the Broncos just couldn't overcome for some reason. But you about funny, it strange to see it because
3: you know, we were talking was it with Schechter or it might have been before that we were looking, trying to figure out. Oh, it's with uh, Shane. We were trying to figure out uh, who the Broncos are, and like we were saying that they could win twelve games with the talent they've got, or they could win like seven or eight, and you wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Well, if it carries on like Week One, it's definitely going to be that.
1: Well, if you can just hold the ball when you're an inch out, that would be a big plus because they had two fumbles from the one yard
2: line. Yeah, one of them was were they, were they both Melvin Gordon? One of them was one was
1: Gordon, one was Williams
2: okay yeah Javante Williams I I hadn't seen much of him last year he looks like a real talent yeah he was good he started just
1: Just hack it
3: on that like what him and Wilson what were they doing like running off that amount of time at the end like I just don't see it do you think Russell Wilson
1: looks back at that and goes I had Pete Carroll cost me a Super Bowl"? And now I've got this Nathaniel <laughs> Hackett guy who's cost me He's week one. where he, he can't work out what to do in situations either. What are we doing here? Although Russell, I mean himself, could have looked at the clock and gone, let's talk about this.
2: Yeah. Also, though, if you're fourth and five, you're trying to win the game. Don't, don't decide to go for a really long field goal. It's unlikely to kind of work. Make sure you have a chance to... If you paid... Russell Wilson, $256 million over it. Yes, yeah, give him the ball. You've got 256 million reasons why you think, well, you can get me five yards. If you hmm. can't get me five yards, you aren't worth the money. And how many times have we seen Wilson do that in Seattle?
1: Yeah. Like yeah. works some yeah. magic moments in there. I mean, that Green Bay Packers playoff game, what, seven, eight years ago was littered with it with Wilson Uh just making stuff happen.
3: I I know. Can you imagine not giving the ball to, like, Burrow, Mahomes, Allen in that situation? Like, you're doing that. There's not... You wouldn't even think about it. So why he didn't want to give it to Wilson, I don't know. It's just... It it could get real messy, the Brock goes if it carries on like that. I mean, it's only week one. Like, we're going to overreact to stuff. But I think that there were signs that we were like, well, new coach, new quarterback, like kind of yep. unproven like i don't know like wide receivers necessarily like we're not sure about this team <laughs> we don't know where they're going to end up
2: but it's that rust again i think the rustiness is going to go for them i think when the rust comes off their shackles who are be... they
3: playing week two i think it's going to get a bit easier for them hey, the broncos Ooh. yeah because uh, they... they need they need a shit team to like beat up on to feel better about themselves, they
1: have the Houston Texans.
3: So okay, there we so go. So in
2: theory, so... they should beat up all over them. Perfect. That's
3: exactly the game they need. That's exactly a get, a get right game. game. Yeah. Do you want
1: to? Uh, do you want to do some bets and discuss some of the games coming up this week? Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. So. Nice. So I've got mine ready to go, and I was so right, impressed, Jazz. So impressed by your Steelers, and so unimpressed by the New England Patriots. I'm taking the Steelers to uh, beat the spread plus 1.5. I'm taking the Ravens at minus 3.5 over the Miami Dolphins because I think the Dolphins had their flash in the pan. Didn't see enough from Tua to make me think that that offense is going to be completely all singing, all dancing. Um, I'm taking the Buccaneers to do the Saints 3. I'm taking the Seahawks to cover the spread against the 49ers. Because uh, divisional game, uh, I'm taking the Bengals yep. to cover the spread at minus seven point five against the Cowboys. Nice, yeah. And I'm taking the Raiders to cover the spread of minus six against the Arizona Cardinals, and that gives me uh, sixty three to one.
3: Very nice. I like that. That's good. I've got quite a few crossovers there actually. I've got um, I've got the Falcons plus ten and a half against the Rams because I think that's that's big enough. Like if you get plus 10 with any team you should kind of look at those odds the rams the... with
1: their to prove. okay mm, yeah that's exactly what i thought about that yeah. guys like, i'm staying away <laughs> they could go oh, no, way, I, pre-
3: I appreciate that but uh 10 and a half is a lot if it was like even nine i'd be like nah but 10 and a half feels like enough to okay. take a punt on it seahawks plus nine and a half you already said that ollie i've got that every day Bengals seven and a half against count that feels like a no-brainer to be honest mm. and then i got the raiders just to win you've got the spread but i got them to win against the cardinals i got the lions to beat the commanders and then i've got the colts to beat the jacks Excellent. um
2: you and that up. is
3: give me 27 to 1
2: so my bet, I'm gonna preface this by saying that I made this bet before week one was played. So I made this yeah. bet ten days ago.
1: I accidentally read it out last uh with Josh, I think, as well. My bad. You did, you started oh, and then you yeah, had to yeah, and then I had to bet.
2: I get yeah, okay, good job. Anyway, so here is what I got, and I've also got much better odds than they would have given me if I done it now. So for example, I've got the Bengals to beat the Cowboys as underdogs. Nice which is wonderful. I've got the uh, Steelers still underdogs in that game. I've taken them to win two. The Saints to beat the Bucks because the regular season Saints are Tom Brady's kryptonite. Mm -hmm. I've got the Jaguars to beat the Colts because the Jaguars always beat the Colts in Jacksonville. The one I really want to change is the Panthers one because i don't really think they'll beat the giants anymore but Mm. if i change that one i lose the rest of my odds and my other odds are really good so i'm just going to roll with it i'm pretty sure there
1: are some surprises in the nfl as we found out this week yeah (laughs) (laughs) there always
2: are probably a tie for that one isn't it um and the last one i'm also not the best pleased about but i went with it the jets plus five and a half against the browns and that gets me 103.6 to one wow I've got a 10 pound I've got a 10 pound bet on that so if that comes out I'll be uh, singing and dancing or something That is
3: uh that's meaty
2: Yeah that is definitely meaty and I've, if I've I if like I'd been it. really clever if I would put money on the Bengals and the Steelers to win as a double when the Bengals were down as underdogs to beat the Cowboys I'd be uh, yeah be a happy boy right now What, what are about gonna... bets
3: uh, from last week Oh I got oh, three, one and and
2: six. three I I did terrible Yeah
3: 4 and 6 for me
2: it's good for you, Dave.
3: Yeah, it is good for me. Yeah,
1: you don't need to knock a fit uh bet off yet. We haven't got to that point. No, no,
3: that's it. Yeah. When things go really badly, I'll uh, I'll start Starts
1: staircasing dropping. down. Yeah. Down to one. <laughs> what, oh, are you, yeah. what are you guys gonna watch this weekend? Obviously, Thursday night and Monday night I think are actually really good. We've got the Monday night double header, uh, which is a bit odd, but Titans Bills and Vikings excuse me, Vikings Eagles is the uh, is the main game um Thursday night is obviously great Chargers Chiefs like Mm-mm. a bit harsh on the Chargers giving them back-to-back AFC West yeah. divisional games but I suppose as well like it probably benefits the Chargers this week having the Raiders because you know that Adams car connection if it is going to completely thrive maybe still wouldn't have been quite there yet everything that we talk about the rustiness and everything so it may have played into the Chargers hands just a little mm-hmm. um but I think that's going to be Thursday night's a big like Acid test for uh, LA and whether they're actually going to re- be able to really compete. I think in this division, and I hope there's it's not
3: amazing games this weekend. To be honest, I mean like, Jets, Jets-
1: Browns of... isn't going to be a
2: highlight for me. Yeah,
3: there's a lot of chumpy games here. Panthers, I mean, that's the same Most
2: weeks with the Jets games, in fairness.
3: Yeah. Bucks Bucks Saints is is going to be a good game. Dolphins Ravens match, could sure. be
1: entertaining. Yeah. Dolphins yeah. Raiders can be fairly high scoring. Seahawks Niners good. is always good and chippy.
3: Yeah, I'm not actually... I'm not going to watch these games live because I'm going on holiday on Friday for a week. I'm going to be uh, watching highlights um, over in Greece after the fact. So I'm probably missing out on one of the worst weeks on like schedule-wise, but it'll probably end up being classics all round now that I'm missing it. But yeah... I mean,
1: uh, Bears Packers Sunday night football is suddenly. I know it's yeah. a divisional game, but you're a bit like, oh, Am I going to stay up and watch that? Uh, probably. It's probably not
3: going to be good to watch. Away. Even if like the Bears are going to be frisky, it's going to be pretty, pretty boring, tough. I think. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I think if you're the six o'clock window in the UK, you're either going Bucks Saints if you're a neutral Saints, fan, for sure, or you're yeah. going Miami against Baltimore. And then, or Steelers Patriots. Eh, I mean, that's only because you're a Steelers fan. I mean, I don't God,
2: think the I... Patriots are so boring. on. Yeah, it'd be fun Sunday to watch the Patriots or... offense get beaten up on, though.
3: Yeah, that's true.
2: I mean, uh, for me, I watch Red Zone because Red Zone's my favorite anyway.
1: Will you have it on in the car while you're driving down from the north? No, oh.
2: no, I will not. Um, I won't be driving this weekend, I'll be there the whole week. So I'll be looking um, up on Thursday and there all next week.
3: Do they get Red Zone up there?
2: thankfully the uh the technology has arrived there yes well, it's in uh, wales so yeah, i
3: assume yeah. it's made it to the northeast
2: <laughs>
1: all right well let's leave it there uh return the pics on twitter dave is now controlling the social media so yeah trying figuring it out that'll be fun he'll be spending all of his holiday on his phone doing funny tweets uh, and hopefully getting drunk and belligerent and then mouthing off at Falcons fans who are still rubbing it in on Matt Ryan when he loses again this week when the uh when the Colts get beaten by the Jaguars oh. so, yeah
3: jeez, I've got a few words for uh Josh Potter when if he comes back on the podcast I'd like believe I'd, I'd like to him say going after Matt Ryan you did defend him very staunch defense though, of Wilson Ryan. I really I did really appreciate that because it was uh outrageous flacco comparison it was
1: ludicrous the yeah uh, the comments absolutely ludicrous um, That's pretty.